And we're back. I'm James. This is the Goose Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make does of he, that. Does he know Rick James yet? Mm-hmm. I'm Rick James! <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've exposed him to way more above-age content than he probably should have. We don't need to do that. Uh, that's <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> Look at him smiling and smirking. He's got a list of things. It's like, hey, when your buddy's around, you can't watch this or this. <laughs> uh, James, we had a question from a fan. They're wondering if you have a touchdown dance that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. We'll see what happens, right? I, I think touchdowns at your age shouldn't count unless the touchdown comes with a dance. Yeah. This is fun. Everyone likes it. I'm there. <laughs> um, James, I think last week in, in the Lost Pod, one of the questions was, who's your favorite player? Was that last week? Mm-hmm. So who's your favorite Grizz player? This year, it would have been Nick Osmo. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's still on the team, technically. He could still be your favorite. Of the guy who gets snaps, who's your favorite? Oh, he's, 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 he's giving the, us the, the X sign. X. X. <laughs> Dude had a game on him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I like it. Anything else you want to talk about? Or you just want to breathe creepily into the microphone? Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, All up right. top. <laughs> Thanks, James. All right, James. Actually, one thing for James. Oh, okay. Let James, don't go. Up. Okay, sounds back up. I need up. your focus. What? We need your picks for this week. Yay. Oh, right, right. Okay, who do you have between Northern Colorado and UC Davis? It's in California. It's at Davis. UC. All right. You got UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Then Idaho State goes to Portland State. Portland State. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that Idaho State beat UC Davis last week? No. Crazy. Uh, Southern Utah goes to Northern Arizona. Who do you got? Southern Utah's. Oh, interesting. No, not Southern Utah. I meant Southern Utah. It's a miracle to score over (laughs) 20 points. (laughs) All right. He's just waiting for the reaction. Northern Arizona. And then we have Idaho going to Eastern Washington. Idaho coming off a win. Eastern. Okay. Yeah. And in a short week, coming Friday instead of Saturday, Montana State goes to Weber. Weber had a bye last week. Undefeated Montana State. Conference play. Yes. Montana State. Mm. Okay. All right. It pains me to say that every single time. I agree. (laughs) All right. Now up top. Thanks, dude. All right. Love you, buddy. didn't do one. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how could I forget? <laughs> I'm getting uh, death glare. I am getting the death glare. <laughs> who do you have this weekend? Montana. Montana wins. All right. All right. Do you have a win. score? Hmm, got to put some thought to it. 31-17. Okay. All right. That's fair. I like it. 31 two weeks in a row. Right? Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Thanks, right. dude. Love you, buddy. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> we're back. We're back. And um, sorry about last week, guys. I could do without the uh, one dickhead on Twitter. <laughs> um, You're this, getting trolled a little this bit. This content is free, buddy. So if you think that, uh, um, you know, telling me I suck on Twitter, you know, is 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 uh, appropriate to the level of the free content you didn't get last week. Listen, listen. More Mike, power to you. I'm 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 excited that we have fans that look forward to our content. <laughs> I'm not going to say you owe our fans an explanation, but it is Maybe kind just, of unexplainable. Yeah. It is. Well, it's crazy because we, Brent. We figured Brent, it out, it sounds like. Brent went and looked later in the week, and it's like he recorded another small segment, and you could see in the system where it knows that something was recorded. Yeah. yeah. But we just can't find it. If somebody's smart enough to, like, Go into the system file. Maybe they could figure it out, but we haven't found that person yet. We need a white hat to get in here and figure yeah. it out or something, right? But we figured maybe there's something at the very end that we just just didn't get right. It was a fun podcast. We had uh, Coulter Nuanas on, um, and boy, that guy has some insights. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can get him back sometime later. How, how long did it go? It was like two and a half hours. Okay, okay. Fine. Um, the podcast itself was like an hour and 45 minutes, but then the questions from the uh, listeners, that segment's getting a little out of hand. Uh, well, it's like <laughs> yeah, love the it. high heel shoes and all this stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to address that this week. Yeah. So uh, we do have the fan questions up from last week and we'll, we'll probably not do a lot of the Eastern ones, but yeah. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> Brent, it's nice to have you back. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling better? Well, yeah. So that was like a good cue there where I had to mute the mic and cough really hard. He's not he, not COVID. He's um, he's passed his four COVID test protocol oh to hang God. out with Luke and yeah. I. So yeah. Uh just, four COVID tests. Yeah. <laughs> uh just started feeling really crappy last weekend and um pretty much didn't go to the doctor, but it flu bug, viral, something. Definitely not COVID. Um but yeah, not a fun week. I was uh Pretty much uh, in bed from Sunday evening through Thursday evening, so it was uh, <clears throat> it was a rough stretch. I lost twelve pounds, and then over the weekend uh, I gained about eight. So hooray! <laughs> so down four. I'm only down four. Yeah, because you had to drink a lot of your beer at the tailgate. <laughs> I did have to drink a lot of my beer. We were giving beer away at the end. It was a weird week. The whole thing was the weird, whole thing. right. I mean, just yeah. everything from start to finish. You know, we screwed up the pod. You didn't get your thing out. <laughs> I didn't get the scouting report. Peter Christian wasn't going to be there. And then he was. was. Brent passes four tests. Yeah, last time that <laughs> happened, he was in Kerr's anthropology class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you notice a new, a little bit of new background noise, another big thing happened this week. Yeah, there's now Pod Dog Junior. So Pod Dog is still alive and kicking at ten and a half years old, uh, but Pod Dog Junior is a very similar looking fellow. Fifteen months, uh, he definitely barked at both Luke and Brent when they got here tonight. <laughs> aggressively too. Yeah. He like went ag- aggressively and hid in the corner and looked at them and barked. We got two Pod Dogs. Yeah, and and Pod Dog Junior. A little bit more active than Pod Dog. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Um, since we did kind of miss last week's episode, unfortunately, um, any kind of thoughts on that Eastern game and how it wrapped up? I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we didn't get a touch on it. 
Um, I thought the atmosphere was pretty cool, and I thought the show for ESPN was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The ratings came out, and they weren't that great, unfortunately. But it's a late-night time slot where it kind of has to be appointment viewing. Like, it was almost too late for the East Coast casual fans to stay up and watch it, in oh, my yeah. opinion. yeah. But nonetheless, I thought it was an instant classic as far as a game. Like, just kind of heavyweights going back and forth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the national appeal is tough with it being – if it was, like, a 6 o'clock kick or something, you know, because then it's 8 p.m. on the East Coast. It's, you know, you're – yeah, because, like, the Pac-12 games that night weren't anything good. There was no other, like, good game worth your – like, like this Saturday – you had the A&M Alabama game, which was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there was no competition, but I, but the game itself was, I mean, it was unfortunate the Grizz lost. I, I, it was one that, unfortunately, we've seen happen in Cheney before uh, where the Grizz have a lead and Eastern's able to kind of claw back and get the win. But, I mean, credit to them. I mean, and you look at that, though, it was like that was a game where Without a starting quarterback, with the amount of injuries, especially the Grizz were dealing with, and Eastern had them too, because you know uh, Lima Jones got hurt in the game. Um, you know, it's Cole Grossman's fingertips and a tough, ca- tough, ca- a tough ball to catch. But it was like just that, just centimeters was the difference, probably oh. between a win and a loss. So between Grossman and Brown yeah. becoming legends. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? But I will say, you know, I thought for him coming off the bench at the very end like that. <laughs> Great poise. Poise. And for him to roll out and not take the sack, I, I I thought that was a pretty good sign that he's got potential to grow. And then this week we saw some flashes and some, you know, things that he needs to improve on, pocket awareness. But yep. a lot of that goes back to just you need to take reps. Yeah, yeah. Which one of us has been saying. Yeah, but Luke. I, uh, um. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about Eastern. Yeah. I, go ahead, Brent. No, you're good. You got it. I just thought the defense – balled out they lost the game they gave up points but they were asked to do a lot all game long and uh they played good enough to win our special teams played good enough to win if we would have got 10 percent more out of the offense i think um wins that game because we were right there at the end anyway and when ranking like does this put Eastern heads and shoulders above UM? I say absolutely not. Nope. I'm not worried to face Eastern again, uh, maybe in the playoffs. Yeah. I think we win that game. I don't think Eastern would want to see Montana in the no, playoffs. No, I don't think so either. I, you know, and I think that anybody, I think we said it in the, in the on on our uh, Twitter feed, but anybody who writes off Montana based on that loss, oh. you know, which the national writer is – are yeah, starting Craig to do Haley. Craig Haley and what's his face oh, Sam other, Herter Sam Herter um, but uh, you know whatever you just got to take your business and beat who's in front of you I, I think if if the Eastern game showed us anything I guess it's two things one I don't think you can look at the stats on defense and and appreciate how well the Grizz defense played yeah because they they held that offense way below their point almost in half threshold almost, almost in half, half. yeah. You know, and they came back Eastern and had a great game this weekend. So it's like, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. That's what Eastern does. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they were tough. They hit them a lot. And I think the Eastern coaches would say the same thing if you kind of, you know, got them in a truthful moment. Um, The other thing that's just apparent, and it's true this week too, Brown, I mean, the Brown offense this week is the same thing. The Grizz offense has to get better. Yes. if, If we're going to make any sort of noise. They just... I mean, 
they had one good offensive performance against Western Illinois. Yep. And other than that, it's been terrible. And we put out some stats on our our, our Twitter feed last night. Well, Mike, gonna show it. Stats are for losers. Stats yeah, are Mike, for losers. Mike, Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> I think, but that's the point. <laughs> it's been bad, and it it's like it doesn't really matter if it was the Cam Humphrey games or if it was this Chris Brown game. It just hasn't been good. No. Um, and we'll get we'll get more into that obviously when we talk about the the Dixie State game. Um, but I mean, yeah, p- pieces are there. The offense put up twenty one points, right? The offense accounted for twenty one. Yep. Um, and we ha- the writing was on the wall from the week before because the offense accounted for eighteen against yep. Cal Poly. So it's just like it's it's been and there's a lot of pieces to it and i think what's interesting of course is like okay the washington game happens it's like well yeah we didn't score a lot of points yeah under freaking washington yeah and the western illinois game happens and remember it we didn't come out the gate firing in that game it was it was low scoring and then a couple big pass plays right at the half and then to open up the third and we just kind of outpace them uh and so it was like okay all is well and then okay bye week and then since that bye week it's just it's not been very good and so you come out and Cal Poly's, you know, just kind of a mixed bag, but it's Cal Poly and they're terrible and the defense scores a touchdown, special team scores two. Uh, it's just like, okay, this is easy. Or I got that backwards. The defense scored two touchdowns? I can't remember. Anyways, a um, lot of contributors. And so then, you know, this Eastern game, and then we'll talk about it in a bit here too, but the Dixie game, like, got three points on the board at the half. And so, uh, you know, the defense – can do so much, but when you are facing a team like Eastern Washington, which is, I'm going to venture the guess, probably the most high-powered, dangerous offense we'll see all year. I mean, it has right? to be. Maybe, I mean, I, maybe there's a team like South Dakota State that has a little bit better running game. Yeah, a balance, yeah. But, and they'll be equally as high-powered, but I don't know that there's anybody who... I don't know if scares me the right word, but who you're going to sit back there and think can do anything in a moment like Eric Berry. Well, and like they did in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and in in the lost pod files, you'd have heard Coulter talk about just how Berry stood in there, got punched in the mouth and delivered a ball 35 yards downfield into a a window. Only Lemu Jones could catch the ball in. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three times in the game, yep. and those were the differences between you know scoring and not scoring for them. And that's what I don't like about Eastern is you know what they're going to do, yeah. and you still, and still do it with a defense like the Grizz can't necessarily you, slow it down, or you can slow it down, you can't stop it. Um, other teams in the country, I think you can still take something away from them, yeah, and force them to beat you in an unconventional way. Eastern. They're gonna throw fifty times, and they're gonna score over thirty points, mostly fifty points, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. But it's like I think we've said it a time and time again. I mean, I think the defense did their job, especially when it came to the scoreboard, because they held Eastern doing the quick math to sixty percent of their regular total. So it's like you you took away three and a half to four scores off the board. It's like okay. That's that's the job with Eastern, you know. So you play, you play Dixie State, you play Northern Colorado, you play Cal Poly. It's like, yeah, hold them to seven or whatever, you know. Uh, hold them to fourteen, because like, then the offense can score twenty-one and whatever you and get the game. But it's like you can't do that against that type. Exactly. Of that's what I was gonna say. Is that 
the takeaway is like the chances were there, and yeah. they didn't even take advantage of all the chances. No. They just needed to take advantage of one, one. more of the yeah. chances. And I was like, um, the, the you know those those field picks goal. killed us. Oh, the picks, but yeah. you know that that field goal botched thing oh, was bad. God. And just there were some three yeah. and outs that yeah. just shouldn't have happened. Yep. Um, and you know things to work on. I will say I called it on the pod that Flowers was going to do something. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's right. And boy, did he! But and that was like the moment because they'd scored that, and it was like. I don't know game's over. what Malik Flowers has to do to get special teams player of the week, but that's as big of a punt return, short of a punt return that wins a game in the Kick final return. seconds. Okay, yeah. kick return that you know you're gonna see, mm-hmm. and they gave it to some kicker, yeah. like NAU, yeah, who made like three field goals. Like, I get that they lost, but it was still like that game was your national highlight exposure. That was a big play. Yeah. yeah. You know, tied the school record for kickoff returns. Whatever. Anything else on Eastern, guys? No. You know, just one of the games, one of those losses where, like, you didn't want to see the loss, but I didn't come away from it thinking the world was over. Yep. You know, you get some of those annually where you take a bad loss on the road or something or to a team you shouldn't lose to, and it's, like, reassessment time. And I think with this, obviously – like we've talked about, the offense needs to get better. So I don't think coming away from that game was a sudden reassessment of, oh, this offense doesn't work. But it's just like the writing is on the wall of what the Grizz need to do to win more football games. And it's 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 on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, That might be a perfect segue maybe into this week. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, uh, Grizz Fan Podcast, um, the number one podcast in the state of Montana. Yes, sir. According to the Montana Mint. <laughs> Is part of the Montana Mint Podcast Network and the Big Sky um, Podcast Network. Um, be sure to check out the other Mint podcasts like the Montana Mint Sports Pod with Hot Take Nate and Bear Tycoon, Montana Murder Mysteries, Notorious and Unsolved, and the Montana Trivia Championship, which was entertaining. Um, now, let's talk about Dixie State. My sense <laughs> is, wait... Brent has something to read us, I think. Would we like to open <clears throat> with some ex- excerpts from an article by a local Missoula journalist? I mean, you know we would. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> <clears throat> the anxiety and concern were uniform across the board for Grizz Nation at halftime of Saturday's home football game. For the fans, there were two sentiments. We've got a situation here, and please tell me Cam Humphrey's ankle injury, ankle injury isn't too bad. So we go on to talk about Humphrey's injury. I'm not going to read the whole article. Uh, so the sixth-ranked Montana was a different team Saturday against hapless Dixie State. Tim Rosenbach probably knew going into this game it, it was going to be limited, and he did his best design of a plan to attack to make things simpler for redshirt freshman Chris Brown. And then he, uh, things got complicated for Brown as he fumbled the ball away. His confidence was shaken, and Dixie <laughs> State started believing in miracles. Uh, da, da, da. In the end, Montana. Uh, wait a minute. Well, there's one part where. Where are we? Sorry, I should have probably pulled these out before we started doing this. Oh, you're fine. Um, the game was was about Grizz players, other than the quarterback, making plays so the team could avoid a devastating loss. Players like wide receiver Samuel Akem, who kickstarted the offense and helped Brown's fragile. Psych by catching a ball thrown behind him in the second period, leading to Montana's first points. Uh, for all that, Montana did this, blah, blah, blah. Fortunately for Montana, defense was stout. 
some are ways to look back. Uh, duh, duh, duh. You learn on the fly. Rosenbaum knows that better than anyone. He deserves credit for helping Brown help himself in the second half with deft play calling. And then he ends the article with, please tell me Humphrey's ankle injury isn't too bad. Bill Spouts is an idiot. <laughs> Here's my sense. I mean, I don't. I assume that he's the one yes, who wrote it's that. Bill Spouts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you just called it. <laughs> um, well, this runs counter to what the team is telling us, the public anyway, is that they're not doing anything differently. They're preparing the same way for you know yeah. for Chris Brown as they are Cam. They have a system. They know. What they want to do, and they're just going to go out and do it and out-execute teams to get wins. Um, I think that Bobby whole cloth rejected the notion that they were doing anything special. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Mike? I mean, I I think we'll talk about this. I think in the first half they were the play calling was weird, but that's a conversation for another day. If he is going to criticize the freshman quarterback making his first start on throwing behind. A Cam, I don't know why he wants Cam Humphrey back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what games Bill Speltz has been watching. Cam's an awesome dude. Our offense has been terrible. So let's just get that out there right now. I don't know what people expected. Like, the kid went 20 of 30 for 241 yards, a touchdown, and two rushing touchdowns, threw an interception, and had two bad fumbles. Stats are for losers, Mike. The, the bad fumbles he needs to work on. We talked about this. You know, he, he needs to recognize that the the guy was naked coming in and get so rid on, of the ball on, his, on, on the his, first fumble. On his fumble, he didn't do any play, or he didn't do enough play call recognition to exactly. realize he was unblocked on the backside. So he's got to get the ball out quick. Yeah. yeah. Rookie I mean, mistake. Yeah, like guys, the only real way to learn that is to how play. it happened. <laughs> yeah. To get yeah. smacked in the back by the end. <laughs> the fumble uh, um, at Late. the end yeah. that they ran Skip back for a touchdown yeah. was terrible because it should have been obvious to him that the O-line didn't hold the blocks and they were suffocating him. And he tried to stay alive to make a play instead of just eating the sack. Right. And he should have just ate the sack. Yeah, should have. But lessons learned. Yeah. Like, like I, I think... In theory, both those two fumbles are ones that are very much avoidable in the future because you've gone through that, and I would be willing to bet he's going to hear about it all week. Okay. You clean up the two fumbles. His interception was hideous. But maybe he misread it. Quarterbacks misread things all the time. Even veteran quarterbacks throw balls where they shouldn't go. Let's say we excuse or we can tidy up the two fumbles and chalk up uh, an interception in double coverage. I'm still not convinced his 66% pass completion (laughs) rating was super pretty. I I don't disagree because he missed some guys. He definitely missed some guys. He missed some guys. He underthrew some guys. Receivers made some some. catches. I I didn't see a lot of A-plus throws. I agree. You know what I mean? Like He didn't do anything to to make me go, oh boy, we got something here. I will say, uh, uh, Bobby showed a clip during QB Club um, of, I think it must have been. Flowers. When it was still 0-0, right? Or 3-0. It was Uh, the first half. Yeah. 
but he was kind of getting flushed and how kind of said, well, he probably should have stayed in the pocket, but he, he kind of flushed up and went to his left and kind of threw across his body and hit flowers on the sideline. And, and how said, this is a really good throw. Not everybody can make this throw. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of like, you know, he, he saw some signs. Hauk was really pleased with him. And he's pretty honest in the QB club when he's not pleased with someone. So. Yeah. <laughs> so my sense was I didn't learn a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And I hate to say this, Mike, because, you know, I don't like saying Mike <laughs> is right. And I'm not going to say Mike is right. But what I saw from what I saw from Chris wasn't um, substantially worse than than Cam Humphrey, right? Like I, I came out not worrying whether or not we'd see Cam again if this was the Chris Brown we have for the rest of the year. For me, it was like a push, but my hope is that because Chris Brown is so young, if he gets marginally better every game. You know, um, those like you win at the margins Mm -hmm. and a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And he's he's a more than serviceable quarterback. That with I really liked how he looked when he like flushed himself from the pocket. I agree. He looked downfield. Yep. I liked that. And so if he can get a little better with his ability to throw outside the pocket, I thought we could have something here. He can extend plays. And and throw it downfield. I mean, second half they scored twenty eight offensive points, and he went ten of twelve. I, I mean, it's pretty. That's a pretty good run. I, the thing that I think, and I agree with you completely. Like Cam showed some issues. Excuse me, Chris showed some issues in his first start, but I don't feel the offense was any worse than it's been. In fact, arguably, you could say it looked better than it has for a couple weeks. You know, that's a toss-up. But the point is, if it doesn't look any worse than it has for the first week with a freshman QB, that's kind of what I've been saying all year. I think that people kind of misinterpret this to be like, I think Cam's going to come in and be all conference on day one. Mm. I just think his ceiling is higher, and I'm excited to see how it goes. Now, you mentioned his interception. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty. But the thing, and and we were texting, the three of us were texting this, I think, on this thread. The... The book on the Grizz offense for the last several weeks has been play close to the line and make force them to throw deep to beat you. Yeah. Because yeah. Cam really wasn't doing it. And in the first half, the coaching staff didn't do anything, in my opinion, to put Brown in any position to kind of like show the defense anything different in the first few drives anyway. Yeah. I think that we need to open it up earlier with something down the middle because he has a very good arm. And I think that when he threw the two to the sideline, one that Akem maybe should have fought for, but didn't, and then the other one, I think he overthrew. overthrew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the, def- that the defense kind of had to kind of recognize a little bit like, oh, he can. And they did start moving the ball a little bit better after yep. that. Yep. So I think the play calling was weird in the first half. It got better in the second half, in my opinion. Um, but if we're like Bill Speltz there worrying about cam's fumbles or chris brown's fumbles yeah you're good i mean we just came off a game where our senior starter threw two back-breaking interceptions like so going back to my point it's like if we're talking about wins above replacement here i just think that that chris is 
war at the end of the year has the potential to be better. And I, we'll see. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that too. And, and <clears throat> so a point I was going to make, but Mike, I think you, you kind of circled on that, especially that second half, second half offense. Cause it, it was kind of, I mean, three, nothing at the end of that, the half is, was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was depressing. Um, probably should have just been six, nothing. Shouldn't have probably faked that field goal, but hindsight's real easy, but it's like, you look at that. So just do a little bit better. Right. Mm-hmm. So those series where it's like, okay, so the Grizz made a field goal and then they had a turnover on downs because the, you know, the fake field goal, then they missed the field goal. Then you go touchdown, 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 lost fumble. There's a scoop and score and then come back and they get another touchdown. So like you clean up a few of these little things and we're talking, you know, 10 to 16 more points on the board and seven less on, on the board for Dixie. And so then you look up at the top here and so you say, okay, so if we beat Dixie 45 to seven, I don't think the spelts of the world are having that type of reaction about mm. all these things. So, and you right. talk about, it, it's like, okay. And it, and we're not talking about massive fundamental earth shaking changes that need to happen through this. So it was like, okay, you know, kick that field goal. Don't fumble that ball. Uh, make this other field goal. And you're talking six. Well, in that case, six to 13 points. And so, and you take a touchdown off well, six points technically off the board yeah. for, for, so it's just like, it's closer. It's there, and I think um, had was this the highest passing output, two hundred forty-one yards, um, individual per, for a game this year. I think that Cam had more against Western Illinois, and there was a higher passing output against one of the other teams. But if you subtracted the yards that Chris Brown came in through in garbage time, then yes, it's the second highest. Yeah, Cam had two fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, but in in the two fifty-two game, I think some of those are Browns yards. I think it's no, they're not. Are we talking about Western Illinois? Yeah. Well, so oh, okay, yeah, that's Cam had two fifty two, Brown had twenty four for gotcha. a total of two seventy six. Yeah. yeah. And and Mike, I wonder if, you know, some of the play calling early, um play calling into the book on UM is because it's his first start. Like, you know, when you go to the putting green, you, you don't start spanking <laughs> twenty yard yep. twenty foot putts, right? They're like, Okay, this is your first start, bud. We're gonna get you some short slants. You know, some curls. We're going to try to make it easy for you. Work work yourself into a rhythm, and then we're going to go deep. Um, it makes sense to me that Dixie State knew we had a backup, and they're like, they're not going to let this guy go yard, like his first college pass. Yeah. But, dude, I want to see that. I want to see our first pass this weekend <laughs> go, like, 50 yards downfield and say, we're going to take some stabs at this kid, okay? Like, yeah. let's yeah. open it and up. I, I bet we see it a little bit. I think that, that it was a get him wet sort of thing. And Bobby Huck really wants to beat Zach State. Like, he's mentioned it earlier in the yeah. year. He, he remembers what happened. very upset about yeah. 2019, and he wants to um, – he wants to let them know. He said, this isn't a revenge game. This is a <laughs> letting them know where things stand in the Big Sky Conference yeah, game. Yeah. Um, and so, I I mean, I think they will. I also, I meant to tweet Eric Tabor this question, but I really want to know when the last time UM started a freshman QB and a freshman running back in a game was. And I, I think we talked about this on one of the pods, but... I mean, it's got to be a long ways back. Well, last time we had a freshman QB playing would have been 05 with Cole Berquist, correct? When he came in for injured Jason Washington, but Lex Hilliard was our yeah, running back yeah. then. I don't, so I don't think that I think Lex it. played the whole season. 
So was Brian a yacht, a redshirt freshman in '96? Nope, he was a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Dave Jacobs. Because the last QB to play as a freshman was Gresh Jensen, but the the running backs. Was that Jordan Canada? No, yeah. no, no. Was it? No. No, I'm, no, no, well, no Jordan no, Canada. No, no, no. It's like Joey Counts and those guys. Yeah. That might have been it. Because Joey Counts was a senior no, Stitt's first year. Yeah. So maybe that was it. Who was the running back? <laughs> We're going to have to go back and look. So this I'll, is a good question up. for the sports information director to look at. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to Google the shit out of this right now. We'll get at him and, and get it out there. Let's talk Twitter. about this redshirt freshman running back we have. I um, think James is on to something with his favorite player currently playing. Oh, he looks good. Yeah, he does. So what's interesting is after the game in, in the press conference, Hauk said 30 carries is too much in a game. He was yep. 29. And he's not wrong because I, I haven't looked back, but he crossed the 100-yard threshold at like carry 17 or 19 or something like that. And it's, you could, like, at some point there was a little bit of a diminishing return. You know, 29 well, is a lot of carries for anybody. You could tell they've really tried to get him in the end zone. Like, yeah. They, the, yeah. a few times he ran like five or six straight carries and they've, you know they put him on the goal line, which is it might not be where you want him. He's he's not our biggest. He's our he's probably literally our smallest running back. Mm-hmm. But you could tell they're like you got a hundred yards, man. You've been crushing it. We got to get, get you, you a touchdown. Get you a touchdown. Yep. Um, he's fun to watch too. And I think like they showed a clip tonight at QB Club, kind of of a good run that could have been a great run. And it's just like same thing with Brown. It's like these freshmen like they're playing. And they're going to get better. You know, and it's like um, Harris and Grossman and these guys, you know, it's like you got to remember in high school, those guys really aren't asked to pass block the same way they are in college. Correct, right? yeah. Um, you know, tight end a little bit, but like a running back very rarely. And so it's like, it's another thing we've got to factor into this whole like QB thing. And this is for Cam too. It's like, you know, not only do we have freshman running backs for the running game, but we have freshman running backs to protect the quarterback and, the passing <laughs> game. <laughs> and a freshman tight end, you know, um, who had a good game. Grossman's going to be fun to watch, I think. Do you guys have, you mentioned pass blocking. Do you guys have a good sense on this? And tell me if I'm wrong here. I thought we ran block pretty damn well, and I thought we pass blocked pretty poorly is there a reason for asymmetry there am i seeing that right is it something as easy as like tight ends and redshirt freshmen i think running backs blocking too i think a part i mean michael i i think you allude to some of it just the help from running backs and tight ends uh especially the edge because that kind of seemed especially where more of the pressure came from Mm -hmm. around the edges where sometimes there's a tight end to chip or a running back to help out and things like that um that was one thing I noticed. You know, in the interior, uh, Mo Mallory being in over Kintz now, moving forward, did pretty well. But, um, you know, Kintz was starting over him for a reason. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing with the O-line is consistency. I mean, I think run blocking and pass blocking are a little bit different. And it's like, you could argue that they didn't run block all that well because the yards per carry weren't great. But it's like they do not have a bruiser. They've got Harris, yeah. who was 4.1, and Junior Burgum, who is not a running back. He's yeah. not a college running back. The coaches would tell you he's not a college running back. 
And here he is, you know, busting his ass. It's like Brent's wrap up said, I'm not going to point out that there were a few bad reads running. Cause it's like, that's, that's he's uh, this true freshman that did not expect to play. And if he plays one more snap this season, he can't redshirt. Yeah. So I think with Solcer missing last week and presumably being out a while, I think if we ever get the running backs back, you're going to start to see him get in that slot a little bit more. And it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that goes because he seems to be a good pass catcher. And, yeah. and Childs limped off. Who knows what he's going to one play. Yep. What's going to happen with him? So I think they're going to end up burning burning the red shirt for Junior Bergen. They already have. I mean, they have. To. They have. He's played five games. Right? No, he, he didn't play one of them. He's, oh, this well, was four. Okay. But I mean, it's a yeah, it's it, happening. It's happening. Like there's just there's no way around it because they have no one else. I thought I almost had our freshman to freshman connection. Okay. Uh, 2003 Idaho, where Justin Hartman started as a red shirt freshman. All right. Because Oaks. Yep. yep. But. The starting running back was Justin Green. Oh! He was a transfer because I uh, and technically I think of that game. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, J.R. Waller, took the first snap, but I think J.R. was a sophomore then. So that's as close as I can get. I mean, I've been working on that same. I was going to say that Don was... Reed or the early Don Reed era. Like, yeah, I was thinking, and I think last week we tried to answer this, but like Kyle Sampson, but that was the same year. Remember when Kyle Sampson? That was the that same one? year, and yeah. he didn't start. That was one. But Hartman and him were both freshmen. They're yeah. both freshmen, but then the running backs was, was... Green, Waller, and uh, Hilliard, and okay. they were, I think they were sophomore. Hilliard was a freshman then, but he wasn't starting. Green was the starter. Was that the free Lex year? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> You remember some interesting things. I think Prano Yacht was a freshman in 96. Nope, sophomore, because he started for three years. He wasn't a starter in 99? 96, 97, 98. Drew Miller was 99. That's right. Well, I would like to say I'm officially worried about our line. <laughs> I, I, that's fair. I, 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 think saw fair. Them, I think that's fair. I saw Dixie State. Who, is who the a, hell is Dixie State? Who the who the hell is Dixie State rush for and give our five O linemen fits? Yeah, yeah. So when I think I can't help but think, what the MSU has some legitimate players on D line, and I'm kind of nervous that we if we don't figure it out by then, they're gonna bring four, give us fits, and play coverage, and we're gonna be screwed. Yeah, no, I, it's a fair assessment. Um. Yeah, it it was concerning, and especially because this O line has, I mean, ta- two tackles that I mean, Beavers. This is what his fourth year starting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it's hard to like just be like, oh yeah, it's just this one guy's fault. But it's like there's a lot of experience on this line. I guess the point I'm trying to make because it's like Cook's second year starting, Beavers fourth year, um, you know, Forbes. I guess Forbes hadn't played much in Nebraska, right? McGinnis, I don't know. I don't think he played at all in Nebraska. And McGinnis, not a whole bunch. Mallory played all of 19 and was Juco starter before that as well, too. So it's just like, you know, they plug some guys in. Where We had Skyler Martin playing a little bit. And we've, you know, Pillins has had a hard time breaking through. And then uh, Ganang, who played a whole bunch two years ago, can't even seem to get in on guard apparently, which is surprising to me as well. So, um, I just yeah. how is how is development going there? Because you know we ha- we missed a year, so it's like presumably some of those younger beefier guys like should be pushing for some playing time. We've got two transfers starting on the line. 
are we just are we are we still not at a point where we're developing old linemen like we used to? Is that something that we should be worried about? Well, I mean, imagine if if you had to if you had to toss you know some criticism, you would say like maybe we don't have a good enough O line and maybe we aren't recruiting quarterbacks, and those are pretty essential position groups. Yeah. Yeah, and one makes sense for the kind of MO of the coaching staff, and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bobby has always been somebody who doesn't feel like he needs a star star at QB, and that's not to degrade. He's had some good QBs, but I don't think we would argue that outside of Oaks, who was on the roster when he took over, that he had an all-world QB. I think he trusted Steed more than I've seen him trust any QB he's had. Absolutely. Except maybe Oaks that first year. Same Oaks, but yeah. Um, but O-line. I mean, you think back to his first go-round, and, I mean, he, they turned, they turned Montana tough-bred kids into NFL, NFL prospects. Alignment, yeah, you know? yeah. And with the occasional transfer, like J.D. Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the, the thing I wonder about, like, like the mental side of it as well, too, where at, with the O-line, like, we were sitting here, they were sitting here thinking... It's tough. You you got to play with the cards you're dealt with, but it's like we're supposed to have a uh, the returning newcomer of the year in Marcus Knight. This you know yep. do everything, do all back, and then we're gonna have a power back with Nick Osmo, and then we got these young guys that can spell in and do a little bit. And suddenly it's like okay, now we have young, inexperienced guys, which you know we we saw some film on again as well too in QB Club. Excellent day for Xavier Harris, and also some missed opportunities as well too. It's like mm-hmm. just mistakes that you know, young guys make. And it's like, okay, and then you flip the other side of the ball, and it's like uh, our senior quarterback did not start the way we hoped he would, and now we've got a retro freshman in who's playing at the same level as the way that the senior was, and we just don't know where these things are going to go. We've got receivers down that are hurt. And so it's I don't know, like, that mental side of it where it's like just – I don't know. Maybe it's it's just – there's a little bit of that going on as well, too. I, I, it, you know, you expect one thing, and now you're kind of totally fighting with something different. Having never especially played and uh, not played O-line, I just don't know. If you've got especially freshman running backs that maybe aren't always following their assignments, is that a little demoralizing? Oh, yeah. If you don't have, if you don't have a tight end that's helping you when – you know, in the years past with Demings and the uh, uh, with the Deming tight end brother and these other guys that are helping you out or picking up these blitzes that suddenly now they're missing or just not getting there, not getting it yet. Is that a little demoralizing? Like, is it all these little things that continually just add up to then it's like we're like, shit, they're not protecting the edges. Like our two tackles who are great, who we've seen play great, are not doing what they did even two years ago when we would expect them with more time in the weight room, more experience and more knowledge of this game to be better. I don't know. I'm taking a guess because I don't know. <laughs> I just would love it if one of those two running backs you mentioned <laughs> came back from injury. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I mean, how big of an impact would that have? Massive. Um, you know, and when, when Osmo got hurt, you know, heard it was an ankle and, and heard, you know, four to six weeks or something like that. But the UM never said that. Coaches never said that. That's just like scuttle you hear from around you know, yeah. fans. When Knight had his surgery, we heard the same scuttle of his goal is to be back this year. Yeah. It would just be the boost, I think, to the offense if one of those guys came <laughs> if, back. If suddenly, if suddenly a defense had to game plan to stop 
Marcus Knight, and Xavier Harris, that's Chris problem. Brown is going to have way better day. Can you imagine? <laughs> they come up with some plays where both those guys are in the backfield because yeah. you can have Knight kind of like he's capable of being the tough back. Yeah. And you have Harris kind of run. I mean, you can do some cool things. That's going to work. I also think that if Knight, Harris, and Osmo are all healthy, what's your depth chart? Uh, Knight, Harris, Harris Osmo. Osmo. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. But I think... And yeah. it's not a knock on Osmo, but I just... That's mine too. But then I think, yeah, like, you're looking at these... Third, more you're looking at these, like, third and ones and these things like this. Yeah. Like, okay, now we've got that guy. Yep. And I think... <clears throat> yeah, so... So, here's... Like, let's... This is all stupid hypothetical, but let's say Knight is ready to go. Okay. Sac State this weekend. <laughs> Play him. You get by Sac State... You can lose, like, and keep in mind, you can lose to any team in any week. Yeah, shit. But then we kind of get a slide. We get Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, uh, Northern Arizona. Maybe you let Knight play against Sac State and Montana State and then see where you're at for the playoffs. The thing about it, though, is, like, if he plays more than four games, he loses. He loses the season. Yeah. So it's like if he's healthy and he can play. I would be like, what if we could only yeah. like make sure he's healthy for MSU? Yeah, and maybe he's on a pitch count. You know, it's like ten carries a game for. Yeah, I think they. I think they should bring him back for I, MSU and run him <laughs> down the tunnel like Walt Frazier, <laughs> <laughs> and have Wagres go crazy. <sighs> I I I would venture the guess that the coaches feel like in 2019 they probably learned a lesson about rushing in, back from injury as well too, and. Granted, that Idaho game was a hot mess out the gate, but what, by all accounts, putting Dalton Sneed back in that game kept him perpetually injured, which was kind of the, the ineffect. The, God, but it's catch-22 because if he hadn't put but him in, they probably lost. lost the damn game. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to look back at that, but, I mean, yeah. So, tough to say. All right. Do you guys have anything else about this game? We haven't even talked about the defense. Yeah, they were terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, they I, look good. Gavin Robertson didn't play still again. Out. Joe Babro still. I mean, out. we were down like five guys. Yeah, and it seemed like there was the rumor that's out there that I've not, you know, hasn't been confirmed. Confirmed, but it sounded like there was maybe a bit of a flu bug, maybe something along the lines of what I was trucking around with that had kind of cut through a little bit of the team because it was it, there was some things you'd notice like. Patrick O'Connell and Marcus Wellnell subbed out a lot more. And I have no idea if they were not feeling well or if they were just but then there was like there was a play, there was a few plays where both of them like got caught like flat footed. And there was one especially I think I think I texted you two guys about it, where Wellnell um like straight up just like got froze and juked out by like the quarterback. And um I was just like, man, he's like he finished with the team high tackles, I think, right? Um, where was he? Yeah, eight tackles. And Patrick O'Connell was set seven right behind him. But it was just like it just they didn't seem to kind of have that same type of explosion and burst or something. So are we maybe I'm just making an excuse. Who knows? But um and then yeah, a handful of guys, especially D line apparently, and um down for the count. So you know, that's gonna be a factor. But I think Right, they were giving up some rushing yards early, but they kind of tamped that down as it got going, and yeah, they uh, 
kind of got back to their what they were doing before the Eastern game in terms of just kind of completely shutting them down. Because I think I put this up. Um, Dixie State, after the long drive with the interception in the end zone, they did not get a first down until the middle fourth quarter. So, you know, defense did their down job again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they scored a touchdown in garbage time. I like how somebody called you out on Egris yeah, today. About, yeah. I don't like the term garbage time. They thought I was calling the backups garbage. <laughs> wow. Get wounded, Snowflake. <laughs> Jeez. Come on. <laughs> if anyone. People, people are mad at Mike for deleting pods. All content is free. <laughs> it's free. Don't call it garbage time. <laughs> Fuck out. Okay. Uh, let's go take a deep dive somewhere else, guys. Deep dive yourself to For another 25 podcast. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, in the rest of the, anything else on this game? No, no. Uh, no. It's in the books. Win, it's in the books? Uh, a, win, as, a win's a win. I like what Andrew Schmidt says all the time, who I think Winning's quotes hard. Bobby Howe. Yeah. Winning's hard. Just ask Dixie, Dixie State. State. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. I think a lot of people, Justin Ford kind of had the highlight reel weekend, right, with the with the great interception in the end zone, the sack fumble. Uh, we saw some – we heard some funny stuff on that in the quarterback club uh, tonight. Um, and it is kind of funny because we saw this from Ford in the spring. He's – He's a big hitter. He is very – he plays with a lot of instinct. Uh, and I know people are like, why isn't he starting all the time? But it's like if you think back before his interception, two plays before, he got completely burned on a double move, which quarterback totally sailed the ball uh, or else he would have given up a touchdown. So it's kind of funny. Just it, It's it, – some of these guys, I, I would assume – Montana nominate him for our defensive player of the week. I'd assume so. I would assume. I didn't stats, check, but right? I would assume. But yeah, so it's it's uh, Ford's a fun guy to watch, and if he can clean up some of his man coverage type stuff, um, he could be one of the better corners we've ever seen. How old is he? What year is he actually? Oh, let me pull it up. I actually saw something on defense that I think more teams are going to start doing against us. Um, the Dixie State had clearly watched a bunch of film, and they saw how aggressively we like to blitz the double A gaps. Oh, yeah. And they threw the ball to the running back in the flats quite a bit. Um, and then they would run their receivers yeah. slants to the middle. Yep. And, I mean, that's that's what I would do in Madden. I don't know. <laughs> like that, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. But um, if I was thinking that, thank God, and we'll talk about this in a second, but Elijah Dotson's out. Because that's a guy who, in space, like you flip the ball out to him in the flat, uncovered, yeah. uh, he could cause some havoc. Yep. Uh, Ford <clears throat> Ford is a junior, redshirt junior. Nice. So we got one more year of him. Bring him back. Bring him back. Yeah. I wonder if um, he could get a medical redshirt somewhere in there too. Because he didn't, asked for two. He didn't play. I mean, might as well. I, we've got young corners. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um. All right. Let's look at the sky. Yeah. Now. Crazy things happen in the big sky in this week that we thought was going to be all ho hum. Freaking Idaho State. Idaho State <laughs> showed up. We needed someone to show up, and they did it. 
So is this the game that takes UC Davis off the map? It'll be interesting to see how they respond because I figured that they had their backup QB in, but they didn't. Their starter started, right? No. No. no he got knocked out of the game. Sac State knocked him out. So and he didn't he... play this week? I don't think so. Okay. For some reason, I thought he played this week. Let me double check that. But Davis beat Weber. Yeah. And then they go ahead and lose to Idaho Davis, State. Davis beat uh, who, they, who was their? Uh, Tulsa. Their, Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah. Who hasn't won a game yet. So that was weird. I mean, they, it was in it was in Idaho State. It was in yep. Pokey. No one likes to be there. But Idaho State prevails, twenty seven seventeen. I think because we have a deleted pod file. I think I called that one right. <laughs> um, oh, God, I Eastern Washington predictably boat raced Northern Colorado sixty three to seventeen. No surprise. No surprise. Northern um, Colorado kept uh, made sure they weren't throwing clipboards in the stands for souvenirs. Clipboard gate. <clears throat> Everyone was wearing loose fitting pants this week. And Idaho beats Portland State forty two thirty five. That was a game I did call, by the way, uh, for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, that one was in Idaho. Then we had Sacramento State. Um, they doubled up Southern Utah, forty-one to twenty. So Sac State might have a little momentum coming into this game. Yeah. Except they had their All-American running back Elijah Dotson walk. So this is the thing, and I, we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about this with Sac when we get to it. Elijah Dotson has not only been did not only lose his job, he lost the second string job. So we remember Elijah Dotson from two years ago kind of taking the big sky by fire and especially you know giving us fits um dude wasn't even uh he was third string yeah i mean it wasn't that he was like this is some great gift they have two other running backs that are better than that are good yeah yeah and he magically only played in four games this year magically so he can transfer I mean, can he technically be a recruit on the sidelines this weekend? God, can he suit Only up? <laughs> if he officially leaves Sac State's team, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, Idaho State played Hunter Hayes at quarterback. Okay, so it was game. not there. Vanderwall was not there. That explains it. Somebody tried to tell me in the Big Sky podcast thread that it was their starter, but nope. They were wrong. Wrong. I really could have wrong. used you not being at a wedding yesterday and, and participating in that conversation where I was carrying the water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then finally, uh, Montana State blasted Cal Poly 45-7. Can we talk about how freaking overrated Montana State is right uh, now? Yeah, we can. <laughs> this is actually what I needed Brent to freaking carry the water. So the Big Sky Podcast um, power rankings <laughs> have not come out yet. Um, They're mired in controversy. But, but when they do, it's going to show Montana and Montana State tied for second in the power rankings. Guys, can I confess something to you? You didn't vote. I never vote. No. I know. I'm not about this, man. I'm about us. You're fine. <laughs> but if I would have voted, we would have been the definitive number one. So we're tied. Montana got seven second place votes. Montana State got six. That's not a tie. They have the same number of points. So the tie break goes to the. Somebody voted Montana fourth. Fourth. Oh, I know who that was. I mean, 
Like I, I have a guess. People are morons. It was the guy <clears throat> who, in the Big Sky Conference poll, voted North Dakota a spot when they weren't even part of the league. <laughs> I don't know that it was, but it could be. It was hot take, Nate. <laughs> that no, it idiot. wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, I bet no, it wasn't. I, I, mean, apologize, he, I apologize, Nate. He, um, uh, it was someone from the tubs at the club, not named Brian. That's all I'm going to uh, say. That's what I was, that was my guess. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, what the hell? Like, apparently the Cats win against Cal Poly is just a lot more impressive than the Grizz win against Cal Poly. The Cats have played no one. They have no quality wins. None. 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 And they're doing all these guys. It's And the national writers and the polls were doing it too. People's favorite thing to do is to find reasons to discredit Montana. Guess guess who didn't beat the FBS opponent? <laughs> Mont- oh, that'd be Montana State. That'd be Montana State, fellas. Uh, they beat Drake. Whatever. Doesn't give out scholarships. No scholarships. They beat San Diego. No scholarships. Oh, also doesn't give out scholarships. Okay. They played Portland State, who's definitively shitty, and they they won by 13 points, 30 yeah. to 17. What did the Grizz beat Portland State by in the spring? Oh, God. Like 100? <laughs> Something close to that. Yeah. This vaunted MSU defense gives up 17 points to Portland State. And then they beat Northern Colorado, who's miserable, and Cal Poly, who's worse. How are they getting like legitimate votes? I say good luck this weekend when they go to Weber State on a short week. Weber's got a buy. I think the only thing that <clears throat> that might MSU might have going for me that game is Weber still doesn't have their starting no. QB. Yeah, back. Weber's not in the greatest shape either. Yeah, but Weber's playing for their lives. If they lose again, they they're they're done. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. So the Cats three teams they've beat in the conference: Northern Colorado, Portland State, and Cal Poly combined have not won more football games than Eastern Washington. So, <laughs> it's like we lost Eastern at the very last second of something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, but you hey. know, that's What's eight up? or nine nationally. What's up, guys? Whatever. What's up, guys? It's ridiculous. Uh, so the the first games this week. <laughs> we got, we're we got having some. our first Pod Dog and Pod Dog Junior. Uh, Moment. The pod dogs just came by to make sure we're doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) Original pod dogs, like, I know what this is about. It's like, I. This isn't my first time on air. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, first game is Friday. You can find it on ESPNU. Montana State goes to Weber State. I just. I don't know what to think. Yeah, I don't either. Because Weber's down there starting quarterback, anything's possible here. But Weber had a week to prepare. You want to pick the Sky Games and then let's kind it. of do the we're talking about do it. the preview of of yeah. Let's do it. So I mean, my heart wants Weber to win that game, but I've said all along that I think Weber's having an off year. I do think the Cats are going to win that game. And then they are going to jump Montana in every poll because, you know, I mean, I guess beating bad teams by double digits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and 
And ultimately, we have to hang our hat on the fact that we're going to beat MSU. And if you don't believe that, or, you know, if we don't... They need to prove it to me, Luke. They need to prove it to Mike. Mike's Mike. still wounded. Uh, very wounded. Very wounded. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's, like, Mike's like that guy who, who got dumped <laughs> in a really bad way. You and just now forget he's... that I, I, I'm the vice president of a company that is all over the state, including Bozeman, and I hear about it. Hear about it. You they, they <laughs> what what do they tell me about what they did to you, Mike? They just pointed out any chance they get. I mean, all my, all the Grizz fans listening know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. If you are in Montana oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you work with a cat fan, you hear about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You definitely do. Well, it's so ultimately MSU beats Weber, we beat MSU, and what's good for MSU here will be even better for UM down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm torn. I uh I don't I think MSU is a good football team. Um yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I do think Yeah, so a good I think team. while we tease about the polling, I mean, MSU like they've won all the games they're supposed to win on their schedule so far. <clears throat> so, it's just like, yeah, they're 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 playing the games that they were given and away they go. So, uh that's not necessarily their fault. Um I don't know. I'm I think I'm going to pick Weber State. I uh, oh, interesting. I think with the the bye week, I know some of our our Weber contributors say Weber's not great after a bye, but I think back to the wall. Um, experienced coaching staff, we're watching these dogs. Just it's uh, a whole new world over yeah, here. It's, uh, <laughs> pod dogs. This is like a youth resurgence for this guy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think I think Weber. Uh, that defense, I think Montana State is going to find suddenly offense is not as easy when you aren't playing dog shit defenses. And um, Weber going to just get a little bit of that home game magic that we've seen a few times when we were there. And uh, close game, but Weber by like three. All right. I don't need to add too much more to this. I, I like the home field advantage. I like Weber. With the bye, I don't like MSU with the short week. I'm not convinced Vegan has proven, you know, he hasn't proven anything to me yet. I'll take Weber. What's funny is in, in our thread today, <clears throat> this is the first moment where it's obvious that Choate isn't coaching MSU anymore because Choate would have been bitching oh about the short week from the moment their game against Cal Poly ended. Yeah, that would have been like his first quote off the field. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, then we have um, Idaho at Eastern Washington. How cool would it be if Idaho pulled off the upset? They've beat them each of the last two Couple seasons. times, yeah. <sighs> Idaho got their crazy win. Yeah. They got their fluky win. They don't have two in, up their sleeve. And it's in Eastern, so we know how hard it is to win there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say Eastern. I think Idaho has a defense that can mirror ours in terms of physical uh and so they will have some of the tools to pressure barrier like we did and so i wouldn't be surprised if it's a little closer not the tip the eastern washington boat race that they do to northern colorado or whoever you know but maybe another thing where it's like you know 45 20 something kind of like that yeah and eastern doesn't have limu jones anymore did they announce? Is he like done, done, or 
well, if there's if they've screwed his ankle <laughs> yeah, on the right way, he's probably <laughs> oh, God. done done. God, you bad. I feel bad for that guy. He's yeah. he's special. Me I think too. Oh man, if he can I make a full recovery, well, I could I could see him in. He's the only league. like a sophomore or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got years and years of seeing this dude. So oh, thank yeah, you. unless uh, he transfers. Uh, you know, Nebraska's a good destination for Big Sky <laughs> Conference receivers. Where keep all his red? So, would it be an NCAA violation if on Twitter we started creating <laughs> lists of opponent guys we would love to see come here? I mean, we technically yes. considered boosters. Yeah, probably. But we're not contacting them. We're just tweeting. We're just tweeting stuff out. Out to the ether. And it's not like we have any bearing on coaches' decisions. We should get a ruling on that. Yeah. 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 I like right. it. I'm guessing um, <laughs> compliance guru is going to be Jean, like Jean Gee, no. who doesn't have a Twitter so she can avoid these she things. Twitter. Speaking of Eric, at Grizz Compliance. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> I will ask her. Eric Kaber responded to us already. Really? We have power, the Grizz fan pod. Um, he said off the top of the head, he's not sure. But it's definitely been a while, by design. By design. So he's sure. going to need to do a little bit of digging when he gets some free time. Oh, All right. Eric's the man. Look at this. This guy's working. It's late at night, and he's responding to tweets. Got to love that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's great. Real time. That's amazing. Um, all right. So, Mike, you're picking Eastern? Yeah. Picking Eastern. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I had right. that chalked up instantly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Southern Utah goes to NAU. I'm picking NAU. Uh, I don't want Southern Utah. I don't want a single conference game. Farewell tour. NAU. Um, yeah, I'll pick NAU as well. NAU is going to be three and one after this game in conference. <laughs> That's right. They are, aren't they? <laughs> and and win over Arizona. Are they three and one? No, they're not. Did they lose this weekend? They're one and one. Okay, they're, they're two and three over. I was like, "What? They lost a road game. They lost to so Northern they Colorado. They lost, yeah. But then they beat, yeah, yeah. It's just like, no, they're not. <laughs> but they don't. They don't play us. They do. No, they do. We, we go there. Or, for oh the yeah, that's game. right. Yeah. They don't play MSU. Nope. They have an easy schedule. Is what I was getting at, right? You know who has an easy schedule? After Sac State plays us, they don't play anybody until they don't Davis. play anybody until Davis at the end of the year. So NAU. Uh, Southern Utah, Sac, Idaho, Davis, Montana, Cal Poly. It's not the worst, not the greatest. But they get Davis and Montana at home. It, anyway, back to back. and they'll play Idaho. We picked in NAU. Idaho. Yeah, NAU for me too. Um, Idaho State coming off a heater of a win goes to Portland State. Portland State. <laughs> I mean, I would love it, but uh, that's hilarious. But it just—it feels like they're primed for a letdown. God. Although maybe they found it, you know, maybe they found their mojo. I have no idea who to pick in this. If Portland State was coming to Idaho State, I'd probably pick Idaho State. But I really, really, really want Idaho State to win this, so we can show MSU what a shit win that was. <laughs> Gosh, I don't, I'm so conflicted. I know, it's tough. Because what I want, again, we're going to beat MSU, and so maybe we want all their wins to be good wins. But I also love victory laps around MSU people. 
Brent, I'm going to take Idaho State. Who are you taking? Portland State. Portland State? Okay. I'm looking at the weather report. Especially the weather? Portland. What? <laughs> 60% chance of rain with like up to like an inch of rain on Saturday. Ooh, really? Damn it. We've played a couple games over the years. There. Yeah. They're terrible. On. Okay, then finally, Northern Colorado goes to UC Davis. We are all taking UC Davis. <laughs> no analysis needed. Oh, Lord. Okay, and all now right. our game. Um, I need some scores from you boys. You sure? Do you want to talk about it first? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Um, so Sac State's 2-0 and in conference, tied for the first place. Yep. Who have they played so far? They have played... Hold on, I got it right in here in front of me. They have played Idaho State, who they beat by two, and they have played Southern Utah, who they beat by twenty-one. And they beat Dixie State like seventeen to seven or something like uh, that. Nineteen to seven, yeah. They lost to Northern Iowa, and they lost to. But Cal. they were winning at half. They were winning they at put half. Thirty up on Cal. They they were winning nine to seven at half, and then UNI scored the next five touchdowns in a row. To kind of put the game out of hand. The, it was interesting looking at the stat book from that UNI game. It was like UNI had like, well, they kind of had a first half that reminded me of Montana's first half against Dixie State. It's like they had turnover on downs. They lost a fumble. They missed a field goal. It was just like if, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. And then like they came out and they're like, okay, we're the better team. And then it's just like touchdown, 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 touchdown. Game's over. So, yes, they were leading. I don't know necessarily know if it was that much closer. And then, like the other, they they lost to Cal by twelve, but it was kind of one of these games where it was never it was never like a one score game when it started to matter. So it, it's tough to say. And Cal has won one football game this year, and that was this one. So, but Cal did take Washington to overtime. So. <laughs> it's kind of weird to like break the whole thing apart. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it is interesting because it's like you, we touched on this already, but with Dotson leaving the team, it's like your first class is like, here is their, their best player, but he's, he's not, not, he's not. So, I mean, they show flashes. How has their offense been? Well, their offense is interesting because <clears throat> this is the first team we'll see this year. They play two quarterbacks. And it's not because, like, in 2009 when we played a mix of Sell mm-hmm. uh, and Overthroper. But, uh, but um, they, have, they, have, they have a quarterback that is a running quarterback, number 10. He passes a bit, so he's definitely, he's definitely a guy. He's averaging about 120 per game through the air, but he's also their leading rusher. So he's one of these guys where it's not like when we played cats in prior years and it's like, okay, Troy Anderson's going to throw the ball twice in this game. This guy's going to throw the ball 10 to 12 to 15 times per game. Um, yeah. Against Cal, he, he was three for 10 in the air yeah. for 29 yards, but he ran 12 times for 49 yards and two touchdowns. One of his touchdowns was crazy. We shot the Bobby showed us that in the quarterback club. Like it's a quarterback draw. It's five wide. Quarterback draw. Design. And like the Cal play. Yeah. And the Cal, like five 
defenders crash on him and he goes way up in the air and he like spins around like on the shoulders of a of a Cal defender and lands on his feet in the end zone. And it's oh a touchdown. It's a crazy play. So um, that's number 10, who's much more of a runner. Uh, and then number 12, who is much more of a just a pocket passer. But looks to have a good touch on the ball. So it's kind of one of these things, you know, obviously they tip their hand. So if 10 comes out there, expect a lot more running. Option, zone read, stuff like that. But you can't just go 10 in the box kind of thing. Like you still have to respect the pass. But the other thing when you look at this team statistically, they've got a receiver who's very, very good. Um, it's number 84. I have his name here on my Marshall report. Martin. Is that it? Pierre Williams. Mm. Um, kind of a possession-looking guy. Uh, but if you look at statistically, the top receivers in the big sky, you've got Limu Jones. Um, you've got the uh, McCut- McCutcheon kid at MSU, uh, you got a kid at Portland State, and then there's this Williams kid. So these are kind of like, and then the fifth is Boston at Eastern. So it's like you're talking about the best statistical receivers in the conference, and this kid's in the conversation. But then after that, they have a tight end that's second in yards, and their next three pass re- uh, pass reception leaders are all running backs. So this is a team that really spreads the ball out a lot more differently. Than other team than any team we've played this year so far. Now we saw this two years ago with Elijah Dotson, where we know that Sack loves to use running backs in a RPO screen uh, type of game, and they do that again this year. But they do it with different guys. Because like we talked about plenty of times, um, Dotson is gone. He's quit the team. So, uh, but they've got these two other dudes. Um, Number 21 and number nine, who are both um, pass-catching running backs. Number nine is also a big returner. Uh, he's got some really good returning stats, kick return and punt return. So uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys, and they're kind of these little dudes that get all over the field. So huh. it's it's a pretty dynamic offense, but, again, it's going to tip its hand. If 12 comes in, I mean, if the guy runs, it's not going to be for much. So we we know uh, we know what he's going to do. Good luck with Will Nell spying, <laughs> yeah, spying right. you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. What? Oh, you ever met Jace Lewis? How about the front of his face mask? Yeah, right. Jeez. So, um, but yeah, it's it's we haven't played a team with a intentionally designed mobile quarterback yet this year because uh, Barrier is not a runner. He he's quick. He's running his feet. His run plays in the fourth quarter were maybe the deciding points of the game for Eastern's win. Not saying that he's not mobile, but like he doesn't, they don't play him to be a mobile quarterback. Uh, this kid, number 10, O'Hara, that's part of what he does. So, interesting new test of something we've not yet seen this year that we're going to have to plan for. Are there any other real mobile <laughs> quarterbacks in this league? I mean, Beery is really mobile, but he doesn't use it. I mean, he occasionally, yeah. but that's not his game. Yeah. Uh, Davis Alexander kind at of. Portland State's kind of mobile. Um, I don't know enough about some of the other QBs. I don't like NAUs the, or the young hurt guy for Weber is kind of mobile. Bronson, something. But I don't think there's another quarterback that's like a run first, throw second QB. I would agree, to my knowledge. I can't think of one. Yeah, like no one like 
Dalton Sneed that you gotta like, or Jordan Johnson or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't think so. So this might be the only guy we see that is like a true dude. You have to scheme for to take off. Yeah, it'll be interesting if, if the Grizz can get up on him a little bit. How much they use it? Because like the thing that you notice a lot of these teams do is they start to abandon the rush in these games because they're losing, but also. <laughs> Because picking your poison, it's harder to run against them than the Grizz that is passing against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, like, statistically, the fascinating thing is I started pulling apart the stats. Uh, Sac State passes for almost 300 a game, rushes for almost 150 a game. I mean, so, like, good offensive numbers. Um, but then when you start to, like, drill down further, Montana scores more points per game than Sac, even though they outgain us by. 120 yards per game. Yeah, they, they don't have um, special teams. You know, and it's like so. Then it's like, okay, well, what? Is, why? So I go and I look at it, and it's like, Sac State has a bad red zone offense. They they don't they don't score. They score only. They only get in the end zone half the time they visit hmm. the red zone. And then you flip it, and their defense in the red zone allows touchdowns almost 90 percent of the time. So their defense in the red zone is shit. And then their offense on third down isn't good. And their defense on third down isn't good. And so it's like all these like little interesting numbers. Like they're a time of possession team. They usually hold the ball for 33 to 35 minutes per game. So which is going to mean Montana needs to make sure a lot more of our possessions are meaningful. Uh, Having three points at the half is probably going to be challenging. Unless if they've got zero as well. Um, But uh but yeah, it, it's just it's such a weird look because it's like they have an offense that puts up big numbers, but uh, it doesn't put up as many points. Uh, it's turnover prone as well too. I think the U and I game, or maybe the Cal game, one of them. Gosh, they had like six turnovers, three picks, and three lost fumbles. So they're they're a little fluky. They have a lot of issues. They are also the most penalized team in the Big Sky. I haven't pulled the numbers but when i was looking at the box scores from each game i should pull this up and check it but when i pulled up the box scores from each game so i was noticing like 11 penalties 95 yards you know 12 penalties 120 yards it was just like holy crap like these guys get penalized a ton so uh seems like a dangerous trade of sack is self-inflicted wounds i was gonna say and it's if there's a team that I would want to play less if my team doesn't have control or discipline, it would be Montana. Because Montana's defense is a little bit chippy, and guys like Robbie mix it up and probably play smidge past the whistle anyway. Like It just seems like a recipe for trouble. Sac State averages averages 70 yards per game in penalties. Well, and, and penalties just crush your ability to dominate field the field, and we are so good at special teams anyway, at flipping fields, that maybe we find ourselves in two to three more short fields. Which shoot, you give you give this defense yeah uh, six to fourteen points, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's fascinating too. Like, um, yeah, the or something. Yeah. Big touchdown, big, big long play. I mean, that happened with Western Illinois, right? They had a touchdown, get called back because of chop block or something like that. And so, 
Um, it would appear if uh, the rest of the prior games that they have played uh, is an indicator into what to expect on Saturday. Um, Sac's going to hurt themselves a few times, and hopefully it's something Montana can make sure that they really hurt themselves on it. I just love if there's a place where I get most excited watching our defense, it's in the red zone because there's not much room to spread out. So it's like they can bring the pain a little bit more. I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know why I just remembered this. It's going to be a complete non sequitur, but we were talking that never happens on this pod. <laughs> can you follow this? What's <laughs> wrong with you? Um, I can't remember what week it was we were speaking about this, but we and Mike, you were mentioning things about the fan experience of the game. Um, by the way, we did get a little bit of Monty in the pregame. Yeah, I mean, they actually brought him out this week. Yeah. <clears throat> that was fun. There's that. Um, instant replays on calls that are reviewed. Apparently, I heard from someone I know who works inside athletics. It's a conference rule, but they won't replay those. Okay. I think. So other plays. So once it's under review, they won't. They won't replay it. But I mean, but it's a conference rule. It's yeah. like conference. Come on, Big Sky Conference. Well, this is an entertainment-driven business. I actually heard that the conference has messed with people's pre-games a little bit, and that's why they never wait to have the guys run out of the tunnel until the captains are done, like they used to. Huh. Because the big sky wants it, and it's just like somebody needs to tell the big sky to calm down. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's <laughs> yeah. like, what is the point of that rule? <clears throat> Fan experience matters. It's like, oh, we don't want Walgers to be really amped up when we play them at home, and it's you. You have all the other teams voting against Walgers and MSU. Is that what's going on? <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know if it's that. I just think it's the big sky over managing things. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Brent, that was a thorough investigation. <laughs> you must have been sick this week. You had yeah. a lot of downtime yeah, in front no, of the computer. Yeah, no, downtime. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good to be back, uh, you know, among the living and uh, able to actually kind of dissect and look at these teams. I think, uh, I mean, I, I love the challenge that this defense, our defense is going to have. Hopefully, whatever, if it is true, the rumored flu bug or whatever, we've got a full, healthy squad because this is going to be a test for the defense that they've not seen yet this year. Um, and I think – so we talked about the heavy blitz that Cal Poly exposed with a lot of quick screens, quick passes, where Eastern didn't really because they don't do that. Sac State does that. And so we're going to have a lot of these situations where we're sending two, three, four guys – and they're going to have a couple of running backs that might be wide open. That will be interesting to see if yeah. we learned lessons from Cal Poly. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the Cal Poly film is going to help Sack a lot more to potentially having some big plays on our defense than it helped Eastern Washington, would be my guess. It's kind of nice, though, when I think about this matchup. I'm, I'm obviously more afraid of Sack State than I am Cal Poly. Um, but having our defense see what Cal Poly schemes against us, they're like, okay, SAC is going to try the same old bullshit. But we've seen how a team does this. 
it's not our first time trying to cover these sorts of schemes. Right. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. I don't. I feel like Brent, you have to lead. <laughs> Brent, you have to tell us uh, after this deep research. Oh guide God. us like Gandalf. <laughs> I did that with the Easter one, and it didn't through work the out mines there, right? of Moria. Tell <laughs> us what you think this score is going to be. Gosh. So I think, um, and looking all the way back, uh, Sacramento's defense is. It's it's okay, but it's not really great. Um, they've got a couple of good players, but I I don't think honestly think Eastern's defense is probably plays more physical than Sacks, um, which might have been a little bit of a factor with some of the challenges Montana had. Um, but much like how it was for Cam Humphrey, Montana needs to run the ball uh, to help Chris Brown, and as long as our ground game can do a similar thing where we've got 150 to 200 on the ground. I see a Montana win here. I am going to say, I think it's going to be kind of a little, I think it's going to be a bit of a funky game. I, I, I'm going to say Montana 27, sack 17. That's my guess. All right. Yeah. I hope it's not that close. I'm, I'm obviously picking the Grizz and I would love to see the Grizz offense pull it together and, and, put some touchdown drives together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to pick a score because I don't really, I mean, care. We know you're a gambler, Mike. I think the Grizz are going to win. <laughs> there we go. I th- How I, many points did we score against Western Illinois? 42. I bet the Grizz have their highest scoring output of the season. North of 42. All right. Um... Mike, I, Mike Ambrin, I can't see this team scoring more than seventeen. And when I look at James picked thirty-one to seventeen, Brent, you picked twenty-seven, seventeen. I have to do. I have to prices right this. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Th- well, I'm gonna go thirty-four. I think we get an extra touchdown. Okay. I do think Chris Brown takes a little bit of a stride. Nice. The whole offense is going to get better here. We're going to have more players back, I think. Um, I think we're going to score. I think we're going to turn one of those, one of those two fumbles, one of those interceptions. We're going to retain one of those possessions and score yeah. on it. Thirty-four, seventeen. Hey, That's my a lot of seventeens. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right. Uh, listener questions. Is that where we're at now? I think yes, so. It is. You got Twitter up, or you want me to start uh, um, start over at the old? Uh, why don't you start? start this is my this is one of my favorite parts. I love <laughs> that we have listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for writing all these questions, Mom. <laughs> okay, so what we'll do is this, Mike. I will ask the questions from Egres for this week. And then you want to do the Twitter ones, and I'll scan through some of the ones from the Eastern uh, wrap uh, if we've got some kind of forward ones there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Well, hello, Pod Dog too. Uh, okay. Kramer asks, with Turner being way down in the depth chart behind Knight, Osmo Childs, Harris Bergen, and I noticed Jan Caro played before he did last week. That's true. Jan Caro had a couple touches. Oh yeah. I think Turner would be a heck of a linebacker, both big and fast. Any thoughts regarding that type of move? We talked about that a little bit. Before. Is Turner that fast? 
like when I see him run with the ball, it, it, he has long strides, but I don't know if he's like a good burst, like twitch type speed. I don't know. I don't know. I feel bad for Turner, but I, I just if I think if he was going to be a major contributor to this team, it would have been happening by now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. I keep hoping to see him out there, but yeah. there's got to be reasons. What it means to be fast in Montana isn't always what it means to be fast in the big sky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The boy's mom wants to know Mike how Mike feels about his boy Chris Brown after his shaky start at QB one. <laughs> See, all right, Mike, don't don't wait it. Don't don't give him like a curve. This is the Wahlberg high. I'm coming to get you after. Uh, how was the start? No curve for a freshman making this. First no, 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 no. That's ah, a curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the curve, Mike. What would you be saying if Cam Humphrey had that first half? Here, I guess here's what I would tell you: if they had benched Chris for Cam or Cam for Chris, and this was his first start, I would be fully on the let's keep Chris Brown in the starter bandwagon. Cam Humphrey, you mean? No, Chris Brown. Okay. Keep flipping around. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like I, he went twenty or thirty four. I feel pretty good about it. Okay. I mean, I think he made some mistakes, but I feel good about it. And I'll admit too, I felt I feel fine about it as well too. It was something I think. Didn't you say it a few weeks ago? It's just something like. You, you, I mean, let's see. It can't get a lot worse. Yeah, we talked about it <laughs> earlier in this pod. Right. I just think that his ceiling's higher. I, I, I don't think our offense was any worse than it was last week, or against Cal Poly. Yeah, frankly. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, you know, some questions here. Grizz Steve asking about stadium experience with Les Monty. No, get ready to rumble at kickoff. Crowd That's... participation music limited. I think another thing, um, we kind of talked about some of these already. Um, the TV timeouts. This oh, game. Brutal. Which is weird because, like, you know, maybe, obviously, we didn't go to Cheney, so maybe it was just as bad for the ESPN ones. But those TV timeouts and the timing of them was so well, I tough. Part of it's because the game was frustrating. Yeah, it wasn't so great. It didn't help. But it didn't feel like they did much to entertain during them. No, they did nothing. So I just – something's weird. And I, I think that UM has tried to push – pack too much into it so i can see like a new person coming in and kind of saying like we need to dial it back dial back a little bit but dial it back too much yeah something's off well and has there been an intentional scaling back because athletics lost a shit ton of money last year you know i mean maybe but i I, like the monty movie we've seen it was like one from two years ago i think yeah yeah yeah, I mean, just little stuff like that. I mean, so, the, the, but I mean, like the everything takes stuff, time. But I mean, it's like some of the, st- like, just have Monty running around the field. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, there's stuff that doesn't cost additional money that they could be doing. Yeah. yeah. Or play classics for all I care. Yes. I you care. know, take a TV timeout and play a Monty classic. Yeah. No one's going to care. No. Okay. No game day experience comments? You don't want to? Pour on anything I mean, we else. Are, we hit. We've talked about like we've talked about this, but I, th- I think the interesting thing is, uh, we've talked about this about all three home games so far, right? And so it's definitely because after the first one, people were like, "Oh, it's night game. It was first time back. Blah blah. blah. Just enjoy it." And it's like, "Oh, it's homecoming. Homecoming's always weird." Quit your bitch and just like you know. And it's like, okay, we're <laughs> we're halfway through our regular our home game slate. And it seems like 
the intention for what the experience is is, is what this is, and well, I doubt it's going to change. So, uh, okay, uh, beware. The defense asks, do you think what all do? You, what do you think is the ceiling for the offense, assuming we have our starters back and healthy at some point in the season, if that ever happens? Oh man, so my sense is. If this is all we get from KB, we're in trouble. But I'm optimistic. You know, these, I mean, they're still just developing young men. Yeah. And I've said this for as long as we've had this pod. These, especially the, the freshmen and the sophomores, even a lot of the juniors, are still getting better every week that they play. I have to believe that KB is going to get better next week and the week after and the week after, barring some sort of weird injury. Um, I think the ceiling, I'm actually super optimistic because after a few weeks of Cam, I thought, like, well, the ceiling was going to be him not committing any turnovers. Um, Sammy Akem... You know, Robert's making some big plays for us. Yeah. And we would gut out a lot of close games. Like, don't pick the over against the Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I still kind of believe that. But I'm very optimistic that, that KB could be a guy who can make big downfield throws where I don't think that was ever going to be Cam. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at ceiling side, and obviously you could run a whole bunch of hypotheticals, but – so say Chris Brown takes gradual, measured improvements game to game. Mm. I like this. Say the tight ends are young tight ends, Elwell, and who's the true freshman, 88, um, get a little better, especially when it comes to blocking. Say suddenly Nick Osmo's back in two weeks. Say Marcus Knight's ready for the playoffs. Um, God, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'll see you in Texas for the national championship game, but I definitely think – you're going to have something where uh, a lot of pressure is off of the quarterback position to be the be-all, end-all, and uh, the wear and tear is off Xavier Harris and Isaiah Childs to hopefully not completely grind themselves into the ground uh, halfway through the season, and, and we have a running back committee that allows to share the load, and things get much, much better. So the ceiling, I mean, I think the defensive ceiling – I think we're kind of at it. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know what more you could ask of the defense. Um, well, we, we actually don't <laughs> but need them like, to so, be any better. But it's like, so if the defense can keep holding teams to less than 20 points and the offense can go from averaging, because right now we're averaging upper 20s. So it's like, if they can go to averaging mid 30s to upper 30s, that's going to be until you start playing the South Dakota States, North Dakota States, Sam Houston States. I mean, those are going to be wins until you start meeting these other really formidable teams. So, yeah. Uh, okay, Rats of Butte. Realistic playoff outcomes for the team. They feel uh, a seed in the 5-8 to eight range and a quarterfinal loss to a solid defense similar to 2019. Can the offense get together? We kind of talked a little bit about that. Um, also, we've been extremely lucky with the lack of coaching staff turnover the last few years. Who would you see as the most likely to move on in the future by way of retirement or other uh, coaching opportunities? So I guess first portion, 
If you can project forward, where do you see him landing in the playoffs? I see him landing. I mean, if they can take care of business, I could see him landing where they'd be hosting that quarterfinal game instead of going on the road for it. Yeah, I think so. Um, which would be huge. So I'd like to think we can be better. Coach is leaving. I think we're more likely to lose coaches to retirement than we are. Oh, I was going to say Kent Bear, I mean, like, maybe, I mean, like to retirement. Yeah. You know, some of the defensive guys, the younger. I mean, but Chan's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you could maybe see a guy like Justin Green getting poached. Yeah, you could. It's interesting. I don't with know. The, with the, the staff is such a. It's such a different break apart of coaches than we've seen previously, where you have guys, Kent Bear, Barry Sachs, uh, Brent Pease, where it's like, obviously, yeah, they, they still do this because they love it and they're good at it. But it's like, I don't, I don't know if these guys need to keep coaching to keep the lights on, kind of thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then you flip it over and you look at, uh, yeah, the Shan Schillingers. Um, to the Justin Greens and uh, some of these uh, younger guys, Erickson, and you feel, and maybe more Shannon Justin being former Grizz as well, uh, it kind of feels like they're here for the long haul, you know? And, and yeah, could, could, uh, could Jonathan Smith at Oregon State next year need a running back coach? And he knows his former co-worker Justin Green and calls him and makes him an offer that's too hard to refuse? Absolutely. I just don't necessarily have this feel of one way or the other, like this guy is about to retire or we're going to lose this guy next week or next this offseason. The one I might wonder about is uh, corners coach Bradford, just because he's been around yeah. to a few jobs and he was kind of a later hire. And so is this the right fit? Will he stay or is he going to – he I mean, he has kind of that pedigree that he yeah. might be a guy where – a new Pac-12 school needs a corners coach. And I was going to say, we love to have guy. him, but I mean, like he, his resume, as much as anyone's out, outranks his position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Okay, so Everett Grizz was wondering our thoughts on the staff on uh, the coaching staff's time management from the Eastern Washington game, especially at the end. I don't understand what they were doing. And we talked about this a little on the pod. And I mean, I, I, you never like to leave a timeout on the table and they did. It, it, it felt like either right before on the third down for Eastern or maybe as a second, there was a down with Eastern or one of our earlier ones where we ran up and, and didn't, Take it out. We could have taken one time out and got ourselves a couple more chances. It, it was a weird drive, but I mean, put, like, our last play was from like the 13 yard line, so yeah. it's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing that ever. What's up? While we're talking about coaches, Mike, can we get confirmation that if Brent had a coaching lookalike, <laughs> it's our tight ends coach? Come on, just at this. No. Oh my Bryce. God. Bryce Erickson's got this. Look at this. Well. White, white chin, going, chin yeah. going here. Are you kidding me? Yeah. People thought I, the the strength and conditioning coach. Um, of course, you go for the younger guy. Well, because we had the this guy last year. Last, last year, we kind of had the same haircut going at that time. Now, Dan's not gray at all. And half my weight. I wouldn't say size. I, but. No, no. I, I mean, I'm a Dan fan. We might oh, yeah, have no, talked yeah. about the pod, but he's got... <laughs> He's got a shrewd family beard going on right now. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> 
Uh, last question here we had on Egris Everett. Um, would you trade the Washington win um, for a win against Eastern? Um, I want to say yes, except that the way that the rest of the FCS seems to denigrate Big Sky, the Big Sky Conference in Montana, yeah. the win over the FBS just carries more playoff weight That's a good than point. the win over Eastern does. That's true. So I guess no. We, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm torn. I don't. We can still win the conference. Yeah, and uh, be a playoff team with a loss to Eastern. So yeah, and it's hard point. to go undefeated in the conference. And Eastern still has three of their four toughest games left. We were obviously the fourth, but they've got to play MSU, Weber, and Davis. I have a beer bet. I don't. I want your guys's um, opinion on this. I've got a beer bet with my buddy Jake, who. Um, Picked Alabama to win the national championship, and I have the field. Oh, nice. So I've read, though, after Alabama's loss this weekend, that in like four of their national championships, they had a they had a regular season loss. They did. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> damn it, Jake. But I was like, well, the Grizz have a regular season conference loss here. This, you know, it's not over for them either. Yeah. People forget, 95, the Grizz lost to Idaho. A conference a conference game. Same. We didn't win the conference. You know, the other thing that we haven't pointed out is if Cam Humphrey's out for the season and Chris Brown's a QB, what's the one thing that our two national championships have in common? Montana kid starting QBs. Montana kids Montana starting kids QB. KB. There we go. KB 12. No pressure. <laughs> None at all. Oh, boy. What's the next? Oh, uh, that's it for the ones that were up for this week. Okay, I'll pull up Twitter, and then you can look at last week's, because there's a, the, the weird, crazy scenario ones are there last week. Yeah, I see them. All right, uh, Clicksby, GrizzFan24, great follow on Twitter, <laughs> um, wants to know, speaking of last week's hiatus for Brent, who are you Wally pipped by on the GrizzFan pod? Clicksby says he's not coming for Brent. He's just curious who's Tom Brady to your Drew Bledsoe. He had a hell of a great scouting report. <laughs> he <laughs> Shout out to Clixby. Yeah, he did an awesome job. I mean, Clixby, if you want to move to Missoula and be the fourth host, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> the soundboard's got like eight total plugins, right? Yeah, so figure it out. Ten. Ten. So we'll, we'll be like the Tubs or the Weber State Weekly guys that have 32. <laughs> love you all. I love the reference. I had to Google it. Wally Pip. <laughs> I had to Google it. The fact that he's here and starting tonight, though, renders it useless because Wally Pip never got his job back. Never got no, his job. Yeah. Lost his job to Luke Gehrig. Yeah. Did you not know who Wally Pip no, was? No, I don't. Oh. Did you know who Wally Pip was? I'm not that big of okay. a baseball historian. He got Wally Pipped. He got Wally Pipped, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, you got to watch that. That 90-part Ken Burns series <laughs> where he slowly pans, slowly pans over pictures. Yeah. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, okay. Curtis Wallace asks, okay, each GFP member gets one chance to quantum leap into Malik Flowers' 95-yard kick return for a touchdown against Cal Poly, but not into Malik's body. It's your own body. The kit, kit coverage, <laughs> blocking, and everything is set up exactly like it did for Malik, but with you catching it and running it. 
how many kickoff returns would each pod member manage, include James and Pod Dog as well, and we want to know the yards for all five so we see who takes first, second, third, fourth, and who embarrassingly fifth. Okay, first of all, Pod Dog wins this thing. I was yeah. going to say, Pod Dog. I mean, you're not going to tackle him. Also list which five of you pull a hammy or a groin. I'm taking fifth and pulling the hammy and the groin. There's just no way around that. <laughs> well, then I'm probably fourth behind you. So, yeah. <laughs> And I'm getting maybe a half a yard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those guys are a lot think, faster than you realize. I mean, this the, like this like what would happen to me is like I get the ball, I take a few steps, I get lit up. That ball's on the ground. <laughs> Bobby Houck is in my face saying, "You are never fucking touching a football again in your life. Go sit on that bench. You're gonna walk home. Goodbye." And yeah. that's it. And he'd be right. <laughs> Listen, I have a couple punt returns, uh, punt return touchdowns in my history, but I was that kid who hit puberty way too early. You know what I mean? Like, I was returning punts in, like, seventh grade, eighth grade. I, first of all, I, I never liked the contact. I'm probably fair catching every time. <laughs> I'm perfect. not. Oh, and a kick? A kick? I'm going touchback, You dude. can fair catch those, too. Yeah. I'm going. There's no way, dude. Those guys hit so hard. Wasn't that someone in the NFL said their punt return? It's like you have to like tell yourself you don't want to live before you return the punt or something like that. I mean, it's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like those full speed collisions. I'm not sure I'd hold on to the ball either. Not a chance. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I'm not letting James go out there. James might be the best one because they might not hit James. Might be shifty and not hit him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Poor kid. And then he asks, what does Malik have to do to get the big sky to recognize him? Yeah. Especially swear. We kind of talked about that. I mean, Malik has to garbage. save an old lady from drowning. Yeah, he's going to while... cure cancer during the game. <laughs> while returning a kick. The big sky conference is absolutely trying to make sure every team has a winner. Yes. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> by the way, Frank Gagola tweeted out um, while this pod is recording the too deep. Cam Humphrey's on it still. Yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> Cam Humphrey or Chris Brown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anybody who watches game film. They should put Dalton Snead in there. Shit, let's yeah. go, Bobby. Come on. <laughs> what would be really funny if he started doing Cam Humphrey or Chris Brown or Robbie Patterson? <laughs> Just fuck with everybody. Um, uh, Brian Legreed, earn your turns. If the Grizz lose any one of their next four games, how much are my seats worth for the brawl? I hope you get nothing. <sniffs> Go to the brawl. Be a fan. It's the biggest event in Montana. Yeah. Like, if the Grizz lose the next four, I'm going to be at that game. Yeah. I mean, much yeah. less one of the last next four. Ridiculous. I got there. Yeah. yeah. So you're taking it to a cat fan? Ugh. That's the worst. So Silver Tip Nation also choose one. We get every injured Grizz player back fully healthy, but you guys take all of their injuries, sickness onto yourselves with a guarantee of no further injuries for the season. Two, current injuries remain, and the new Grizz injuries can still occur over the season. What the hell? Of course. So Gavin Robinson's lost some weight. With yeah, his. hell yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Perfect. I mean, as long as I'm guaranteed to survive it, I'm down. Yeah, I, I wonder if inhabiting 
like a 20 year old athlete's body <laughs> who's sick feels better than my body now oh my god it has to <laughs> um uh what i i mean whatever marcus knight has put it in my knee yeah I, i'm still probably stronger you know what i mean um i don't know i would eat a i would eat a covid case if one of our st- kids has covid we don't obviously don't know that but right um you know, I feel like I'm I'm healthy. I think that the answer is to bring it on, you know. Yeah, right? absolutely. I'll do if, it. If it gave them health, sure. I'm thinking of the green mile, you know, where you just like just... get the sickness out of somebody. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll I'll drive across the divide and breathe it into someone else. <laughs> All right. Eric uh the Eric Witz asks, What happens first? Brent cheers for the Vikings. Nope. <laughs> Luke has three kids. <laughs> Mike thinks Cam is a better QB one than Brown, or the Grizz lose to Bozeman. And what size Dalvin Cook jersey should we get, Brent? What? First of all, <laughs> there's a problem with this question because how do we know that Luke doesn't have three kids? That's a good point. Listen, there's, there might be some ladies out there looking for a guy named Deacon Sloan. <laughs> Um, realistically, I think Brent cheering for the Vikings is the most likely of those three scenarios to happen. To happen? Yeah. Hell so, no. Why would I cheer for the Vikings? I'm not cheering for the Vikings. What would have to happen? Because you already had Favre go to the Vikings and you didn't cheer for him. No, hell no. Aaron Rodgers? Going to the Vikings? Yeah. No, I wouldn't cheer for the Vikings. Absolutely not. So here's the thing, guys. It's obviously thinking Cam was a better QB1 than Brown. Because if Cam comes back from injury... And Brown hasn't improved or regresses. Yeah, we know what we have in Cam. Yeah. so I could easily be like, okay, it's time to go back to Cam. Yep. Like I think people are conflating like what my thought process on the QBs were. But all right, the the beef Taser Burns four twenty <laughs> Taser Beams four twenty is the Grizz <laughs> offense solved with a mobile QB? But how not. came? He said that they didn't need a mobile key for their QB for their system, but we had a mobile QB the last two seasons, and the offense had different problems. So, I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it would hurt. Yeah, the, the I don't trick think it ever hurts to have a mobile QB if they can throw. I think the trick that we tend to see with mobile quarterbacks, uh, I say this, and we're on our backup quarterback right now, is you tend to need more of them. Brent and Mike endorse mobile QBs, not mobile homes, okay? <laughs> Whatever home you need hey. is fine with me. Yep. <laughs> Lord. All right. That's, that's it? Okay. <laughs> Silvertip's got another one. If all other FCS teams in the nation besides the Grizz disappeared suddenly, what logic would Craig Haley use for still excluding <laughs> us from the top five? <laughs> That's a perfect tweet. We're not, that's we're a, not is that an Egris question? Uh, no, that's a Twitter question. Should, that's a perfect tweet. That. Yeah. Tag Craig Haley at that, too. No, because he he'll probably block us. us. He probably already has. He'll say that we're not playing an opponent this weekend, yet we still have a team. <laughs> so I'm going to put you and I in front of him. <laughs> God, who knows? I mean, I, I sometimes uh, have this philosophical problem with Twitter because I want to tweet at Craig Haley 
like how much of a dipshit he is, but also I know the engagement is what he's after. And when your business is likes and impressions and comments, perhaps the the greatest thing we can do is shun someone on social media and not interact with them. Yeah, it's like the the truce I called with Tim Kawakami um, of the uh, San Francisco <laughs> sports media. He blocked Mike. <laughs> it was like a two-year campaign to get yeah, you unblocked. I, I, I bought my freedom back because I'm an athletics. Uh, I'm at, I'm, I subscribe to The Athletic. And when he got hired by The Athletic, I don't know if they made him or if he did like a, if you could prove you are subscribed to The Athletic, we will unblock you. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, let me back in. But you'd be texting us. You're like, can you tweet at this guy? Because yeah, I could tweet at him because I was blocked. So somebody else had to tweet at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. All right, that's it for Twitter. Oh, no, I guess how many players are out with injuries in the flu? No, I mean, I, we don't have a, a number, yeah, but 30. I mean, Not. we were down like six starters I was, I on was, the two sides of the ball. I was texting with a guy, um, and I was like, because like on the D-line – we had a third string DN starting because Babros and Todd were out. Yeah. Um, and I think the other side, uh, so Gubb is normally the starter, but I feel like Alfred started maybe, but Alfred played a lot more. Um, linebackers were the same trio, but again, rotated a whole bunch more. And then um, Gavin Robertson's still out. Uh, Garrett Graves making a third start in a row. And then. Yeah, Ford, um, he kind of rotates in and out. So um, Again, this weekend, we got R.J. Nelson and Henry Noose on the starting at DNs. Really? On the two deep, yeah. I mean, those are the guys who started last game, aren't they? With McGorn and Belknap as backups. But McGorn and Belknap came in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Makes me think that they're still... recovering. Or that Hauk is just playing mind games. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) that's it for twitter yep okay uh, a couple extras that we had um just a couple of quick things uh of course i had them and then i lost them um choose one epic comeback story to reminisce you guys went through all these last week didn't you yeah but we lost the pod so uh some of them we can save if we need to for all right so uh choose one epic comeback story to reminisce the 04 semis versus sam houston after they stomped us pretty good when we played them in the regular season uh 2009 south dakota state or the 2000 comeback against sac state during homecoming you know i think we we spoke a lot about south dakota state i mean i think i settled on sam houston state if i remember right but we had a lot to talk about with Mark Mariani's kick return. So I, I, we did settle. I settled in South Dakota State, but the most interesting thing is Col- Coulter told a story that I at least didn't know. He said, and I don't remember it this way because I remember Mark Mariani being the kick returner through his senior year. But he and Bryn shaking his head, yeah. he wasn't the kick returner. Uh-uh. But he put himself into the game. Mark had not been doing as many of the returns because he got hurt earlier that regular season. And I remember when he came in, because I was watching the game with my father-in-law, we were like, oh, hey, good for Mark, because at that point it was 41 to 14 or something. 
And so it was like, oh, hey, good for him. He gets one more return and then he takes thousands. Like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, deservedly so because this is the end of his, his career. Gets to do it at home. One more kick return. Good for that kid. Mm-hmm. So I definitely remember having that thought at the moment of, oh, they're putting him in to, um, you know, give him one last chance. So, yeah. Sparked I can't remember. It. That's just one of my all-time favorites because yeah. to come back and win that game by as much as they did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm there too. I don't know if I'd ever seen such a turnaround in a single game going from 41-14 to winning whatever it was, 65 to 48 or something like that. Um, just amazing. Uh, let's see. I'm skipping a bunch of these just because we don't really need to talk about Easter Washington anymore, did we? Do we? No, I don't think so. Not really. Uh, AZ Grizz fan asks, uh, discussing the absence of Robertson. Coulter, have anything good uh, to add about the difference with Graves out there versus Robertson or you or either of you guys? Coulter, go ahead, Mike. I think, said that he thinks Graves is better than Robertson. Oh. He mentioned Graves is balling out. So the drop in, you know, play between Gavin and Garrett hasn't been as substantial as you'd, you'd consider. Yeah. I've been impressed with Garrett, but I mean, I think Robertson's better. That's just. Yeah. Garrett, backup punt returner on the 2D this week. Yeah. Oh, really? No kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> is Robbie number one punt returner? He is. Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting. AZ has a handful of questions. I think it's things we discussed, like what's going on with the O-line. Um, why isn't Malik Flowers getting touches at running back? I don't know. He's I, not a running back, but, yeah. but then it's like, well, why is Junior Berger doing it then? I mean – his body's not built to be. I, you have to imagine that there's some skills that make you a good running back. You know, like the ability to read, how you chop your steps. I don't know how you like how you stand up and with contact. And maybe Flowers doesn't have those, and that's why he's a receiver and not a running back. And perhaps that's why they don't play him there. I I couldn't tell you, but that dude's a receiver. I mean. Uh... Green Bay did this with a guy, Ty Montgomery, and um, converted him quickly to as a return man to running back, and it really didn't work super good. And then uh, he kind of turned into a head case, and they cut him in the middle of the season two years ago. So maybe they're just trying to keep Malik sane. Who knows? Okay, so I'll hop to CDAs, which I think you guys saw the pictures of the shoes, correct? Yes, the mm-hmm. high heels. Yes. Okay, so pick one. Uh, Grizz finished regular season with only one loss, including a blowout win over the Cats. They breezed through the playoffs into the national championship game. You were flown out to scenic Frisco, Texas on a private jet, given the VIP treatment with lodging and tickets for your families. I'm in. And your goldfish, Luke. Uh, (laughs) To watch the Grizz Grizz win a national championship on a last-second pick six. But you have to wear seven-inch high heels wherever you go for one year. No cheating with platforms, something like this. You guys have seen the picture. No loopholes. <clears throat> they are made in your size, and they must be worn everywhere you go outside of your homes. Mike's glamping trips, sprint showings, and whatever the hell Luke does. And you can't tell anyone why you're doing it. You can only reply, they're just more comfortable. Or Grizz lose the Cats, miss playoffs for the next three years. Oh. Okay, Mike, I want to talk you into this. Brent. You, you don't need to talk me into this. Chris Nation, I will do this for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm wearing the shoes. <laughs> Fuck that. <yeah. laughs> 
I was going to say, they make our calves pop. <laughs> you want a nice pair of calves? Oh, my God. You wear some heels. Um, Luke pointed out that he would get Jinko jeans that were just extra long. <laughs> Problem solved. I would just borrow Jinko jeans from Brent. <laughs> oh my god you know it you definitely you wore jeans. a pair no. of jinko jeans absolutely not what how, how old you were you dj'd during... at farukis how did you not have a pair of jinkos how old were you during the jinkos fad i'm trying to remember when were they i don't i don't ever think i wore Jinko Year jeans. 2000. That blows me away. They Year were like 98. The great big giant baggy ones. Yeah. Watch no, him pretending no. like he doesn't know what Jinkos are. No, I wore FUBU back then, but it was like all like. <laughs> <laughs> I did not wear Jinko jeans. <laughs> I had a really nice FUBU sweater vest that I still miss to this day. What happened? Do you remember what happened to it? Shit, it's probably still at my parents' house. I thought I could find it. Oh, if you, you have to tweet us a picture of this. I bet I got it. Uh, is your mom up? No. <laughs> I might have Hold a on, let me it. text. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dad is. <laughs> I think I still have that vest. Sweater vests are coming back, too. Did they leave? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wear a couple every year. <laughs> Just wait for people to make fun of me. Do you know what I'm excited for? Thinking about sweater vests. Thanksgiving and stuffing season. So you know what's crazy? Is I was just gonna say, you remember the time that in one of your crazy questions when we were first doing this pod, you asked me about stuffing versus dressing. Yep. And we had somebody make us stuffing as a taste yes. test. Wasn't yes. that great? That was great. It's crazy because I was just thinking we need to get somebody to give us a food test again. Still hate stuffing. What do you guys think about bread pudding? I mean, it's fine. It's never been my thing. You you take stuffing over bread pudding? Hundred percent. I'll go bread pudding. I just don't like stuffing at all. You just pour the gravy on it. And if that doesn't work, you put some salt on it. Or you just don't eat it. I don't know what your problem is, Brent. Why do you hate America? You just you just have more turkey or why? you have more. Why do you hate America? This is my favorite part of the entire <laughs> year. Crunchy. It gets cold. We start getting to soup season and stew. Yeah, yeah. What Luke isn't saying is he's really excited about uh, pumpkin spice lattes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, what's your top five soups? We've done this. Um, potato yeah. soup, anything Thai, so a nice curry soup, usually coconut curry. I like a good clam chowder. I like a good bean and ham soup. And, you know, there's a lot of good Italian soups. What's like the most overrated soup? The broccoli cheddar bullshit. Oh, fuck, I hate that. I mean, I can handle the broccoli cheddar, but I would say it's, it's a little bit overrated. It's way overrated. You know what's overrated? What's like a soup where someone's Cold like... soup. <laughs> stop. Just stop. Soup is warm. Yeah. So there's no soup where someone's like, oh, I, I made blah, 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 and everyone's like, oh, my God, you made that? And you're just like, that shit sucks. I mean... I didn't warm it up. Probably. I have an uncle who makes some... Uh, chicken noodle soup where he makes his own noodles that's like yeah. really good my mom used to do it's that. a hearty yeah. ass noodle nice paradise has great chicken noodle soup not to not to no. that in, but i mean it's a go-to <laughs> you know i met with a student the other day and i was like what are, what are you gonna do this weekend and they're like oh 
me and my boyfriend were gonna go out to Applebee's this weekend, and I was like, "What <laughs> are you doing, Applebee's?" <laughs> I was like, "There's a whole country song about this right now." Is there? Yeah, date night at Applebee's. Oh, it's also on their TV commercials. I think it's it's. I was <clears> like, "There's there's you, so many local places. But, go to a local place for heaven's sake, let alone down reserve." But like, like but you see this because you like you work with college kids quite a bit and i've done i had previously done a lot of work with uh college kids uh Mm. through the fraternity stuff and i just remember there was like there's a point where we were doing like a pizza night with kids and i was like (laughs) i was like and we got like like 20 pizzas or something oh okay nice and um we didn't get 20 but it was a lot of pizzas because we're feeding like 25 kids and they're like I said, we got you really good pizza. I think it was, um, it was either Zimmerino's when it was still Zimmerino's or uh, Bridge, one of the two. You know, because like as a Missoulian, right, you like you love your local options. And they were like, you going to Little Caesars? I was like, <laughs> no. They're like, are you getting something really nice then? I was like, yeah, we're getting like good pizza. And they're like, you mean Papa John's? You mean the Papa <laughs> John's? <laughs> So that was one example. Pizza pipeline. Uh, yeah. I miss uh, pizza pipeline. That was my college pizza. Yes. And there was another uh, one where I think it was something something similar where we actually were doing a Thanksgiving thing with some of these fraternity guys who couldn't go home uh, for Thanksgiving. And one of them's like, I I brought some really nice beer. I'm like, yeah? Because I was like, I we had like, because you guys know this, like I'm a whiskey guy. And we got these whiskeys and we got these nice wines and we got this. And making sure we're not, you know getting underage kids drunk or anything like that. But this kid's like, I, I, I went to the store and I like took some time. I picked out some really good beer. I was like, yeah, you know, and I'm expecting something like we're enjoying this evening. And he busts out the Bud Light Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like proud of it. Bud it's, Light Platinum. And it's like, so you don't want to like shit all over this kid. I mean, um, <laughs> so you're just like, oh man, you know, yeah, this is incredible. Um, Bud Light Platinum <laughs> is what I would imagine an alien would bring to a party to try to fit in as a human. Like a robot? Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. Bless his heart, I think is what they say in the South. Oh, my God. Bless his heart. That was funny because there was Joe, that there was, uh, yeah, the, that was the night a couple of those kids tried scotch for the first time. And one of them called my son Randy. And uh, <laughs> so, it was a joke about that for a while. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know how we got off, this far off track. Yes. I'm blaming Mike. This is totally Mike's fault. I, that's fine. <laughs> Keep talking about food. <laughs> I mean, if, if people want to start tweeting out the best lunch spots, because so for some reason, whenever I'm supposed to meet people for lunch, I go blank on where to go. So if I could have a reference on our, our Twitter, that'd be great. Yeah. Lunch spots in Missoula. There you go. Put it out there. Yep. Yes. Anything else? I hate the break toast, but this is nowhere near a three-hour pod. Yeah, two hours, six minutes. I've got one diatribe against the university. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Brad, <coughs> Grizzlelum. We wanted a Grizz burrito from the country store. Oh, I've this is a travesty. This. And I was like, he's like, you want to, do they still have those Grizz burritos? And, it, and I was like, 
of course, why would they ever have stopped making Grizz burritos? And so he came to the university just to eat a Grizz burrito with me. And we walked into that corner store uh, on, you know, Lamison Center near Arthur. And they don't have Grizz burritos anymore. And we were heartbroken. I mean... Have they replaced them with something? No. So I've heard two explanations because they like literally got rid of it like two years after it won a national award. Wow. Yeah. And I've heard two explanations. One is there was concern about the health, which I kind of don't buy. The other one is because they've changed staffing models, they've switched to a lot more pre-made type of foods. You know what? As long it's as Town Pumps is serving food, I'm not concerned about the health. Somebody somewhere should re- get that recipe and just do it just like that. You know, their gravy and everything. Do it up. Yeah, so, yeah, that's just, um, In you fact, know. The Iron Grist should start opening for breakfast just to serve Yes. It. Oh, yeah. That'd be perfect. That's a sneaky good lunch place. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm. That's a valid one. The Grizz Burrito. Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just Grizz give burrito. me the Grizz Burrito. Oh, man. And they're like, oh, yeah. Sausage gravy or regular gravy. Do you want that sausage gravy, dude? And Jeez. Oh, You're God. like, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I used to love to get those during finals week. You'd, get, you'd have an early morning final. Yeah. Go in there. And, man. Just hearty. Yep. Helped with the hangover, too. Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> it's a shame. Hmm. Well... Maybe when downer. they when they blow up the uh, Lamison Center and rebuild it into a, a state of the art food center. Here's my second complaint. <laughs> well, no, I love that they're they have the money. I love that this they, is a good thing. This, Investing in infrastructure campus is a good thing. It's a very they're, good thing. They're, yeah, I mean, this is a clearly a great idea. So bravo to uh, the committee on campus who decided this needed to happen but they're tearing down the Lamison center and they're making a new dining facility but they put on the on the little construction board world-class dining facility i was like that's kind of a lot to live up to you are set like bar that's a really high, high bar and i realize most of your kids are from shelby montana <laughs> and like places so uh, they won't really understand what that means. They're gonna be like, "Oh, it's like Papa John's. It's like Applebee's, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that's world class to a lot of the, you, you know, know." But it is gonna be cool. Like they're gonna have glass that looks out over the oval. And I mean, like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. I was just like, could we word it a little differently? Like, if there like are some wealthy benefactors out there, they've got some plans for some of the dorms that could be pretty cool too. Just need some funding. Michael, they're called residence, residence halls. halls. They're called residence halls now. Yeah, this is part of the reason I left student affairs. Yeah, I call them dorms still. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless I'm in a meeting with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm not going to touch that one. All right. Anything else, guys? No, I'm good. Uh, this might be a record for short pods. <laughs> Yeah, and we even rehashed some EW game, EWU. Huh. I don't know what uh, did we miss anything. This is weird. We lumped in picking forward we got with yeah. yeah, yeah. I All love good. it. Well, that's it. All right. Well, two hours, eleven minutes. We we did okay. If we know you, we'll see you soon. 
Luke may or may not make an appearance at Brent's tailgate this week. He didn't last week. Oh, yeah. We need to set up the meet and greet. <laughs> okay. I'll be there. A couple yeah. of pissed off people. Oh, no. Big game Luke? this week. 2001 national champions are in the house. Yes, they so are. get into the stadium early. I also went in the stadium like an hour early, and the pizza line was short. So, Jesus. Hey, okay. All right. Other than that, go Grizz. Fight, Fight on. on.